Hey everyone, and welcome to Boba Talk, a podcast about boba with a side of life. Half sweet. I'm Monica. And I'm Kathleen. And we're stoked to have you guys hang out with us. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get this episode rolling. All right, so we're just going to jump right into the boba fact of the episode. And it is brought to you by our producer and good friend Kim. Shout out to you. Uh, who found it via a thesis paper called Want to Get Boba, the bond between boba and the Asian-American youth in San Jose, California. I actually took a look at it, or I, I glanced at it, and it was actually pretty interesting. So if you guys are interested, we'll link the thesis in the description um, so you guys can take a look at it. And the boba fact is, in 1997, Fantasia Coffee and Tea, Northern California's first milk tea shop, opened in Cupertino with the vision of bringing the popular Taiwanese delicacy of pearl milk tea to the United States. Which brings us to our very first review. We are actually going to review and taste Fantasia at from the, from the Cupertino location. As we speak, guys. As we speak. So it'll be the very first milk tea shop in the Bay Area. And I figured, you know, we both actually figured that it'll be the inaugural one, our very first episode. Woohoo! So a couple of disclaimers. Uh, no milk tea spots have paid us to review, and each review is based off of our own personal preferences, taste buds. So, you know, these are all these are our our own reviews, and uh, doesn't necessarily speak for everyone out there that's listening and who likes milk tea. Uh, these reviews will also be based on our go-to drinks. But every review will also include their signature drink, as is no modifications. The three criteria we will be talking about are how well the tea flavor comes through, the boba texture, and the overall taste of the boba and tea pairing together. Uh, In regards to my personal favorite drinks, I have uh, my go-to is taro milk tea. Taro is actually a root vegetable. Double fact today, guys. Um, and then for myself, uh, I have two go-to drinks, actually. I love taro, and being half Filipino, I feel like I gotta pay homage to my roots, which, fun fact, it's gonna be a matcha latte or a strawberry matcha latte. It really depends on what they have. Um, so that's the first one. And the second one is a roasted oolong milk tea, 25% sweet. Um, and then with the matcha, it's really, I really don't modify it. It's kind of 100% just because matcha is really, I guess, bitter already and earthy. So that's kind of my go-to. I'll usually go for the matcha first, um, but if a store doesn't have it or whatever the case is, can definitely always go to oolong. I guess with that said, let's give our first review. <laughs> Since I'm already drinking mine, <laughs> I'll go for it. All right, so Fantasia and... You know, there's no surprise I can't and I have been here a couple of times and I will say that it's probably one of our top places in the Bay Area to go to. Would you agree? Yes. I it's in my top three. Um, I love Fantasia. I was introduced to Fantasia in high school. I have fond memories of going to Fantasia at the time it was Cupertino and Mopitas only, um, with my best friends and we would make the make the trek out there just to get milk tea. And at the time, their menu was also limited. It literally only had just like 
regular milk tea, jasmine milk tea, taro, and over the years, you know, they've incorporated a bunch of other flavors as well. Did they ever start with, I guess, when you were going back in the day, did they ever have, like, the slush and stuff, or is that kind of, like, recently new? Uh, eventually, from what I remember, uh, they eventually did have the slush, uh, but again, also a couple of flavors, not as a wide variety as they do now. And I also noticed different Fantasias also have differing menus, so the one in Cupertino has a lot more drinks than the one in Santana Row. Mm -hmm. um, and the one in Milpitas also has different drinks. I'd say the one in Cupertino still has more. Uh, the one in Milpitas has the second most, and the one on Santana Row I think has the least amount. And I think those are the only three Fantasia locations in the Bay Area. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And if we're wrong or if I'm wrong, let us know. I'd like to try other Fantasia locations. Likewise. Starting off just with the tea flavor itself. So I'm having, like I mentioned, the roasted oolong. Um, whenever I go to Fantasia, it's my go-to drink. And what I love, love about it is that the nutty flavor always comes through with the tea. And, you know, it's not any different this time around. Um, I would say I don't like it 100% sweet just because I don't like things super duper sweet because I just get super duper jittery. But the tea flavor really comes through and I think the milk really kind of pairs well with it. Um, but it doesn't overpower the tea flavor, I guess you can say. And as far as boba... I don't know if it's like today or it's probably just today, but I wouldn't say it's too great. It's a little bit, not mushy, but the texture is a little bit odd, but you know, it's something that I can live with. Um, so, well, actually, let's backtrack. So tea flavor wise, out of 10, I would give it about an 8. And then boba texture-wise, I would give it maybe a five and a half, maybe a six. Um, keep in mind, Kat did pick it up, so it's not fresh, guys. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I would say this is a solid seven and a half as far as my drink. So what about you, Kat? Uh, so I got their taro milk. There's no tea in it. And Fantasia's taro milk is probably my favorite out of all the taro milk or milk teas that I've tried. And the reason for that is because a lot of the times, a lot of uh, milk tea shops use powder. And Fantasia is different in the sense that they don't use powder for their taro. They actually use real taro root and they kind of like muddle it into a puree. And all they do is add it and then top it off with milk. I chose soy milk uh, in, in my drink, so the taro root itself is a little sweet, so I always get 50% sweetness for my taro at Fantasia. I've tried it with zero, and I pretty much only drink or was tasting soy milk. <laughs> so 50% uh, taro, and it's amazing because you get... I. Personally, I like chunks, so you get those chunks of taro root 
and you get the flavor of how a taro is supposed to actually taste like. It's and also it's not purple. The color of it is like it, a cream yeah, colorish. It's like cream. So you know that it's real taro. Uh, for some reason, uh, they people use assume taro is purple. Uh, they may be thinking of the sweet potato that's purple, but taro is actually a root. It's not a potato. So I don't know. Anyways, back to, uh, going back, uh, taro and fantasia is actual taro root, and the color is more creamy. It's white, and that's what I love about fantasia. So for me personally. Like I said, it's my favorite, and I haven't really found another place that uses actual taro puree as the, I want to say, the heart and soul of the drink. So I would give Fantasia's Taro Milk uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, you heard it here, guys. Yeah. And again, that's personal preference. Uh, other places, you know, they just use the powder and put taro chunks, but... I will talk about that more taro teas that we review. So I guess for the people who are, I guess, not familiar with taro, or maybe some people out there who are taro go-to people like yourself, how can you kind of distinguish the difference between, oh, I'm, I'm drinking the powder, or, oh, this is actually the real thing? Well... Usually if it's purple, it's, that's the first indication. Yeah, it's powder. The the food coloring and yeah, it's it's taro is not purple. And if you actually Google taro, you'll see that it's not purple at all. So that's one of the main indicators. There like I said, some places just to actually get the the feel, the mouth feel as you can say of taro. They will add taro chunks or taro puree or like they call it like a taro topping where they just have a little bit of already like the muddled taro but still use the powder. Uh, but the big indicator usually is the color. Uh, real taro is not purple. <laughs> okay, okay. That's for all you people out there who are curious to try taro taro. Let us know what you think. Is Kat wrong? Is she right? Who knows? But yeah, okay, so let's try the signature drink. Yes, so we also got Fantasia's signature drink. I did ask them what was their signature, and they did say their classic milk tea uh, with their boba pearls, as some people call them. And no modifications, this is straight up how they make it from when they originally first started in 1997 correct yeah so here it goes all right oh this tastes a little bit odd to me i think it's because one i'm so used to the roasted oolong of that just nuttiness flavor coming mm -hmm. through and then It just tastes, I don't know what it tastes like. I know it tastes like this. the tea flavor is coming through, but I'm not too sure if I like this tea flavor. I know it's supposed to be black tea, right? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I don't know if I like that flavor. I think maybe there needs to be a little bit more milk to kind of mix in because it is, it is compared to the oolong, it is very, it's, it's pretty dark. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's just the nature, I think, of the black tea. Mm -hmm. Black tea is essentially green tea that's been roasted. I don't know if you guys knew that. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's really, okay, according to, I went tea tasting, and according to the lovely Chinese man behind the counter, all teas are predominantly green, but when it, it becomes black tea, when it's green tea that's roasted. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about their classic milk tea. It just tastes very, very odd to me. Like... Maybe it's because I just don't like the tea flavor. It I don't want to say it tastes like throw up to me because it doesn't, but it kind of tastes like throw up. Uh, I don't know. I would, me personally, I would give it like a four because I'm not a fan of it. But boba wise, it's like a seven because you know I think they use the same boba obviously. So overall, I'd probably give it like like a five. Actually, no, that's generous maybe i'll give it a four overall what about you uh for me so the tea flavor does come out strong mm -hmm. and it is darker than the oolong that monica has the reason why i like this because it reminds me of a Taiwan uh, taiwanese taiwanese milk tea uh milk tea from taiwan they use very uh, dark tea and typically a drunk, like hot and with a meal. And when I went to Hong Kong, this was the milk tea flavor that came through when I went, when I went to Hong Kong and I got ordered a milk tea. So for me, this is what I would legitimately call a classic milk tea where the tea flavor is strong. I do not taste the throw up that Monica uh, mentioned. But the tea flavor is strong. It does have that, it has that bitter quality that some teas have, and it is a black tea. So for me, I really like it. And it's what I would say is a, a very authentic type of milk tea, because I believe milk tea did originate in Taiwan. I believe so. Yes. So... If you really want to try like an authentic, not watered down, strong Taiwanese milk tea, then I would go for here. And it is one of my favorites as well. Uh, Fantasia, I think, is my favorite milk tea spot in the Bay Area. So I would give this uh, probably like an 8 out of 10 for me. Tea-wise or overall? Tea-wise mm -hmm. and boba. I typically don't get boba in my drinks, but like I said, no modifications for their signature drink. I like the chewiness of the boba. It's not super slimy, which I do like. And it's chewy, it has a good mouthfeel. I think the boba texture is similarly, like with Monica, uh, probably like a seven, seven, eight out of 10. I feel like, obviously I think it depends on kind of when you go 
you know, the day that you go to get boba. And I think it kind of goes for everywhere because, you know, you and I have been to Fantasia how many times or other boba places how many times. And, you know, sometimes the boba is having a good day and sometimes it's not having a good day. And I think for today, Fantasia is having an okay day. Um, because the last time I went to Fantasia, I think, what was it? Maybe two weeks ago? The boba was like on point. 10 out of 10. And today, like I said, it's not having a good day. Um, and I think you can probably attest to that as well. I, I honestly wouldn't know because I, like I said, I don't get boba oh, yeah. all that often Never in my mind. milk teas. I'm more of a grass jelly person, but even then, I it's rare that I get toppings. I know, I know. Not not authentic, I guess, for milk spot, milk tea spot or milk tea drinking, but yeah, I'm one of those rare people who don't typically get toppings unless I'm craving it. Mm-hmm. So I guess, what is your overall score out of 10? Uh, for the classic, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Just because it does remind me of the milk tea that I had in Hong Kong, and it also is reminiscent of my time in high school going to get milk tea with my best friend. So there's a lot of factors playing into it. Uh, but in the tea taste-wise, I would still give it an 8 out of 10 compared to other, other boba shops out here who I don't taste the tea at all. It's just... I think it's really hard for a lot of places to kind of get that balance correct, especially for me because I like more of the tea flavor than obviously for the milk to overpower and sweetness as well. So it's like a very delicate balance that the drink maker has to make in order for me to, I guess, enjoy my drink. So, okay. Well, if you guys, you know, are new boba peeps or really just want to try kind of what <laughs> if you heard that i'm drinking milk tea <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to try out our drinks um you know feel free and let us know what you guys think so a lot of you out there are probably wondering who the heck are we because one you don't know who we are and two, for our friends listening, you probably don't know who Kat is. And, you know, if you're Kat's friends, you probably don't know who I am. Um, so we figure we kind of really do an introduction of us on our first episode, just so you guys can, you know, get to know a little bit of who we are. So I would say Kat and I are going to ask each other 10 questions that, keep in mind, we have not shown each other these questions to prepare ourselves. So we're kind of just going for it right now so I think Kat if I don't know if you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think I've known of you since like 2018 because that, I think that's when I started playing in our basketball league but I didn't know you yeah um I've seen you around yeah I think we just saw each other and at games and stuff like that and then we played against each other yeah we actually had a nickname for you oh what was that Ali Wong hey <laughs> you guys can be the judge of that. 
pretty much i think we just saw each other and i don't really think we got a formal introduction until maybe last year because of our mutual friend and then from there we just really just started talking and kind of just getting to know each other and then you know me realizing that hey like she's actually really cool she likes to eat she loves boba just as much as i do yep pretty much sums it up and fast forward um i remember i think it was what a couple months ago maybe like in the beginning of this year i was kind of like hey like if i did both podcasts like would you do it with me and blah 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 and you were crazy enough to say yes i'm just along i'm just here for the ride honestly <laughs> i i guess yeah that's so that's kind of the backstory of how kat and i became friends and just how we know each other and i guess that kind of segues into my first question for you what was your first impression of me honestly i um well, that's the reason why you have a nickname, Ali Wong, is because she legitimately looks like the twin of Ali Wong, not only facially, but height and also stature um, and like just physical, whatever. Like she's short like Ali Wong. <laughs> Thanks. Um, she wears glasses like Ali Wong. Uh, so that was my one of my first impressions of her. We did not talk at all. So... Literally, every time I saw her on the court, it was like, ooh, Ali Wong's playing. <laughs> Thanks. But you guys can tag Ali Wong and just be like, just ask her. Be like, hey, does Monica look like her? And then we'll see. All right, what do you have for me? All right. Um, so one of my first questions that I always ask like new people is, you know, if you had the choice of having dinner with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh god, I knew I had a feeling that you were gonna ask me this question. I would say honestly, I think it'd be it'd be one of my grandpas because I never had a chance to meet any of them. Mm-hmm. So they died pretty young before I was even born. And you know, just kind of getting to be able to actually meet them and talk to them and kind of see what their life was and how um my parents were like when they were kids. Mm-hmm. So it'd be probably one of them. Okay. Gotcha. I like that. A. Okay, my question. So now that you've gotten to know me over, I would say, the year and a half, I guess you can say, is there anything about me that you are surprised to learn? Mm, I actually think you're a little bit more extroverted than I thought. Um, again, we didn't really talk. I We only saw each other playing basketball. And just based off of shallow... Um, not knowing anyone, I thought she was like any typical Asian girl with glasses, Sh- like you know, quiet, not you know, shy. Would you like to be famous? And if so, in what way? I feel like everyone in some capacity would like to be, but you know, it's different for everyone. I don't know because one, you know, the fame brings the money and then you don't have to worry about your financials. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that fame comes with a price. You know, you have no privacy, you have, you know, everyone's just in your life and it's very hard to separate, you know, keep what you want private a little bit to yourself versus, you know, your whole life is out there in the world. So your question is, would I want yeah. to be? Would you want to be, and in what way? I mean, I guess famous, yes, but only to be known as, like, doing something that makes the world a better place. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about 
I guess kind of what we're doing now, but, you know, granted, we're just talking about Boba, but, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about other different topics and stuff like that, but, you know, if to be famous in a point where you can make a difference in the world kind of a thing. Okay, I like that answer too. Yeah. That's similar to what my answer would have been like. A, this is, like I said, this is why we get along so well. <laughs> okay, um, so we both have such a big love for basketball and obviously because that's kind of where we met but what is it about the game that makes you love it so much and how has basketball changed your life um i think if i didn't have basketball i wouldn't be as disciplined as i would be today uh not that i'm super disciplined in general but i think uh it allows me to really hone in on some time management skills uh in high school you know it was school practice then homework that was like basically my life mm -hmm. and it wasn't just basketball i was a year-round sports person too um so i think that's what helped me and you know it really also helped me uh develop close relationships with my teammates and coaches and even the parents too that um, in high school basketball is also a huge relief like stress reliever for me uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm introverted. I don't really express my anger, so basketball, though it gets me in trouble sometimes, uh, <laughs> I've seen this. Is, is a stress reliever. Um, I've learned to calm down a bit on the court, uh, especially now that I'm a lot older. But yeah, I used to have a temper on the court, and people always don't assume that because I'm so mellow off the court. Yeah, I've been kicked out of games. I've gotten technicals, flagrants. Yeah, it's, it was was bad. But it, it's just a stress reliever, and I like discipline, and you know, I just like being able to just play. And I think that's what I love about basketball. And it's not just dribbling the ball, putting it in the hoop. Like, there's – you have to maneuver. You have – there's a there's – a, mental acuity you also need to have while you're on the court so that's what i like about it awesome okay and my question for you is actually similar to basketball what got you started in basketball and was basketball your first sport that you learned how to play like what made you fall in love with it so actually basketball came i don't want to say a little later but i started off with a bunch of different things i think growing up i was just a super athletic kid you know versus my brother and my sister so I actually did like a lot of baseball I did tennis I wanted to play play football but my parents would not let me but then I and then one day I was like oh I like I want to play basketball and just kind of begged my parents to kind of put me in um, a league or something because I was just playing at school my friend uh, she was actually in in down south we call it like Asian League basketball yeah so kind of just put me on a team that you know they needed someone and i kind of just started from from there and i honestly i don't think you know this i don't think a lot of people know this but i i went to the first practice and then right after that i wanted to quit mm -hmm. i was like i don't want to play this anymore because in, it wasn't so much that i didn't love the sport it was because the girls that on the team that I was playing with, they've been playing together since they were like three years old. That's usually what Asian League is. Yeah, yeah, so I was kind of very much the outcast, and I didn't know who they were, and 
I don't want to say they were clicky in a way, but no, they weren't. But after that, I, I was just kind of like, oh, like I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I want to quit. I want to do something else. And that, but my parents were like, no, you need to keep doing this because one, we paid for it, and two, you can't quit because you're the one who wanted to do this. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Like I'll just do it. And you know, I think that's probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life because. If I didn't have basketball, I wouldn't have the friends. I wouldn't have been able to meet the people that I've been able to meet because of basketball. Um, you know, people like yourself and, you know, our, our mutual friend Kim and stuff like that. And all the people that I've, you know, went to high school with and I'm still friends with is because mm -hmm. of basketball. And what made me fall in love with it, honestly, is, you know, it. I think kind of to your answer, it's more than just dribbling and putting the ball in the hoop. It takes a lot of skills. It takes you know, you're, it's, it's a kind of a mental game as well. Um, and it just, it taught me honestly a lot about teamwork and how to be a good teammate. And that, you know, doesn't, and that carries on to, I guess, like my professional life as well is to how to be a good team member, you know, and kind of putting your ego to the side and, you know, wanting to, I guess in this case, win. Um, I hate losing. Mm -hmm. I've learned to lose with grace now, but I, I want to win every single time. And then also, it's kind of what I mentioned, it's kind of really opened a lot of doors for me as far as like meeting a lot of people. And, you know, when I first moved up here, and this is probably another story for another time, but when I first moved up here, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. And because of basketball, I have the friends that I have today. And I and if I didn't play basketball, I literally would probably be a loner still up here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's... Love, have so much love for basketball okay what is the one thing people don't don't know about you or assume about you um i play the saxophone i'm fucking mind blown right now because i don't know i just never imagined you being a saxophone person not a lot of people know like handful know that i play the saxophone so yeah i play that little instrument not so little. I was gonna say it's not so little. Yeah, but I play sax. Um, I've been playing since I was in sixth grade. That's a long time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played religiously in a while. But you know, if I were to bust out my saxophone right now, I could probably still play. I could still play pretty well. All right, if you want Cat to play on this podcast, holler at her. Nope, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question is uh what would be the perfect day for you i have a feeling you're gonna ask me this question too perfect day all right so wake up early maybe around seven get ready go on a hike at alamere falls because that's one of the hikes that i've been wanting to go on forever and then maybe you know hang out in san francisco eat some bomb-ass food there. I don't know what it is yet, but some bomb-ass food for lunch, and then head home, shower, and chill, and then go to a nice outdoor dinner with like a patio, and enjoy like a steak on the patio, watching the sunset, and at the end of the night, grabbing some boba before I head home, get my, to my PJs and watch some TV. <laughs> That's probably my perfect day. Basic, I know, but I'm old now. Hey, you're simple. I'm simple. I'm a simple human being. <laughs> All right, so 
You've lived in NorCal and SoCal, and you're obviously a NorCal person.、Mm-hmm. I've had many of arguments with you as far as which is better, but you know you're a NorCal kid at the end of the day.、Um, so, what is it about the Bay Area that you love so much? That's a loaded question. Keep in mind, guys, that I lived in Orange County, so not necessarily LA, but it、uh- was OC. So. Definitely different than you know L.A. So there's a lot of I want to say I want to be mean about it, but there were a lot of individuals who I encountered who were a little shallow. Not only that,、uh, I'm not gonna lie, that's typical. Yeah, shallow, and also they couldn't seem to handle a joke. My humor is a little bit sarcastic, and for some reason, all the SoCal not all, sorry. Most of the SoCal people either took offense to a joke, even though it was completely harmless, or they were just like, "Like, what are you saying?" Like they were so uptight. I want to say, like there was a stick up their ass. <laughs>、um, and I just not only that too.、Uh, there because it was Orange County.、Um, aside from the beaches, there weren't many trees,、um, especially in Irvine. It is a Man-made city, and so it just wasn't. It just didn't feel like who I am. Now, think of the Bay Area, where、um, there's both diversity, di-、uh, diversity in in SoCal and in NorCal.、Um, there's also a lot of good spots. I I would I will admit there are more like good eats down in LA、sure、versus、are. up here. But in regards to just my personality and who I am. I love trees. I love、um, nature, and there's a lot of it up here. There's redwoods. There's waterfalls. I can drive literally 20 minutes away and go to a waterfall. I can drive 30 minutes away and there's a beach.、Um, I can go to the forest, the woods,、uh, mountains, and I'm talking about green, luscious like mountains, not brown, like in SoCal. True. And You have a lot of little microclimates in the Bay Area as well. You can go to Pacifica or Daly City, and you have, you know, fog, foggy, and it's luscious and green all predominantly the whole year round. And yet, you can also go、um, a little bit east and go to Tahoe. And it's just there's so many things you can do out here. And not to say that you can't do that in SoCal because there are there is San Diego, there are those places. I would say it's. It's a little bit more spread out in SoCal. Like,、yeah. like if you wanted to do something, like you literally would have to make a trip out of、yeah. it. Versus here,、mm-hmm. you can do a day trip if you wanted to. Right. So, and I have we have Napa, Sonoma, and I'm a huge wine person.、Um, the coffee scene in the at least in San Francisco and Berkeley, Oakland area is very、uh, strong. It's strong. <laughs> so, and I'm a huge coffee person too. And you know, there's wineries, good wineries. In、uh, Gilroy or、uh, Mor- Mor- Gilroy Morgan Hill, even、uh, that I was very surprised about when I went wine tasting, and there's Healdsburg up in like the Sacramento area, which also has a lot of really good wineries. So all of these are things where you can have up here. Where in SoCal, the only wine country that I know down there is Temecula,、mm-hmm. which I'm not very fond of, and also Santa Barbara. Yeah, and I know Paso and San Luis Obispo is more kind of like middle, but that's still only a two-hour drive from up from up here, and their wine is really good too. So again, I'm generalizing a lot of things, but that's just how I did when I lived in SoCal for four years. 
it was um, the people are just different. Um, I'd want to say the people up here are a little bit more accepting and very political uh, and liberal. We do have our little spots, you know, that that uh, that are that are up here that I don't particularly agree with with their politics, but. Um, it's the fact that we still have that too. We're not just one little area of just one opinion. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of differing opinions up here. And this could definitely be another episode down the line because because Kat is originally from the Bay Area and I'm originally from Orange County and you know I moved up here to the Bay Area and you know vice versa with you. So that's just an interesting dynamic perspective, I guess you can say. But we'll have that later down the line. Okay. Um, probably question five. Okay. This is more of a either or. Okay. Because I think it's really interesting. So, if you were to live, if you were to live to, let's say, 90 years old. Okay. And you had to choose between either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? If you were to live up to 90 and you're 30 years old, for the next 60 years, would you want to keep the mind of a 30-year-old or just keep the body of a 30-year-old? For sure, keep the body of a 30-year-old. <laughs> For sure. So you have a body of a 30-year-old. But, but I have a mind of a 90-year-old, and I'm a wise, wise person. Or you can get dementia. I would take that chance. <laughs> but I would, yeah, definitely the body of a 30-year-old. You know, when you're old and 90, like, you don't know what can happen. You know, maybe you're confined to a wheelchair or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So definitely the body of a 30-year-old, but the mind of a 90-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is probably a loaded question for you as well, but we can keep it simple and have another episode on this later. But what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from your past relationships? Mm, that's something I'd have to think about. Uh Set boundaries and make sure your opinions and your wants are known. Like I said, we can probably have a whole episode on this later down the line, but for now, I, yeah. I guess we'll just keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. Those are good ones. Uh, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? And if if uh, you have and you haven't done it, why haven't you done it yet? I feel like there's a lot of things. One like thing. as far as like a life bucket list. One thing. One thing. I feel like I've always... I mean, this is me just thinking about the top of my head, but I've always wanted to go skydiving. Mm -hmm. And... I haven't done it yet because one, it's expensive, and two, I'm somewhat scared of jumping out of a plane because you never know what Do can it. happen. Do it, it's so fun. I I know I I want to, but I don't I, it's fun. I'm I'm somewhat scared, but. Do it. I don't know, but I, I do want to, and then I don't know with whole the whole COVID thing happening right now. Don't know if people are jumping out of planes, but no. um, yeah, so. That's one thing that I've that's been on my bucket list for a long time that I really want to do. So, jump out of a plane. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> All right. So, last question. I know that we said ten, but we're gonna minimize it down to seven just to 
keep, time. For time yeah. to keep you guys sane so you're not here listening to us for an hour. Be like, who the heck are these people? Um, but, all right, so last question. All right, so I know you have three favorite shows. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Veronica Mars, and Grey's Anatomy. If you could only choose one show to watch for the rest of your life on repeat whenever you turn on the TV, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, one TV show for the rest of my life? Yep. An episode, every time you turn it on, it just kind of goes on from the next episode, and if you finish the whole series, it repeats itself. Hmm. That's hard. At least with Buffy, I have like 144 episodes. <laughs> Season five, season five was a hundred. You have two extra seasons, so there's 144 episodes. I like how you know that at the top of your head. I'm a huge Buffy fan. I know a lot of a lot of things about Buffy. Um, Trivia, her guys. Yeah, please ask me a question. I'll I'll most likely know it. I was obsessed. Um, but Friends has a ton of episodes, and they're short. And whenever it's on, ooh, um. I really like like FBI files and like oh done Law and Order SVU really yes yes keep in mind guys these are the three shows that I know of that are her favorite because she told me <laughs> but okay Law and Order SVU yep I can respect that I love yep. that show yep cool cool that's a good one that's a good question okay Olivia Bennett or Benson is it Benson Benson there you go I like her she's cool okay. Um, Alright, last question. Last make it question. good. Make it good. Okay. What do you value most in a friendship? God. This is an open-ended one, too. I can go on and on and on. Um, I just said, what do you value most? I feel like now, you know, with the current state of where I'm at, where my life is, it's really being able to count on my friends, you know, like yourself. I think it's, I would say it's maybe two things. Okay. One is like trustworthiness and honesty. It's kind of like, you know, you can trust them to be able to talk about anything with, and you know that they're going to be straight up with you. They're not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, and I know some people are just kind of like, yeah, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but like, you know, the people that I consider like my really good friends, I know that. You know, I'm talking to you because I know that you guys will give me the truth versus just being super nice about it and just making and telling me what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, it's calling you out on your bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yay, we use our explicit thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the last one. And the last one is. I don't know. I think just someone that really gets you. Like. I'm a fucking weird-ass person. I think you know that, like, by now. Like, I'm I'm super odd, awkward, and random sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. I send you so much shit at just random stuff when you're out working. You're like, what the hell? But I think being just being able to kind of be on that same wavelength of, you know, someone just understanding, like, that's just who you are. And, like, they can – they have that same wavelength as you mm -hmm. and can – not judge you, but kind of just accept it and, you know, someone just appreciating that.
We're Kathleen and Monica. Hope you enjoyed our very first episode. We're signing off now and going to lay on the couch in our boba-induced haze. Tune in next time as we review Break Time Tea and Campbell. And if you all have any suggestions for boba spots, feel free to email us at bobatalkpod at gmail.com or you can always slide into our DMs on Instagram at bobatalkpod. Bye! Bye!